This is a Good Story is Hard to Find podcast. Where two Catholic friends talk about the books and movies they love and the traces of the one reality that lie below the surface. That's right. And and we're going epic this week. <laughs> oh, yeah. Epic and shirtless and is muddy. Music swelling? Do we have the entrance music? Yeah, we yeah, need entrance sure. music. That's right. <laughs> the Ten Commandments. Uh, I feel like I should say that in a much deeper voice. Um uh, kind of echoey, a little echoey. reverb there. <laughs> yeah. 1956 by Cecil B. DeMille. Mm-hmm. The famous Cecil B. DeMille. Yeah, and this was a uh, his second one. He made a silent one, too. Did he really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. I, I looked up. He's got 80 movies as a director. And what I didn't know until I looked it up was this was his last movie as a director. Oh, I didn't know that. I had no idea. So this is like his 80th movie. It's like he built up to this one and then stopped. I think he passed away a few years after this. Um, so this was yeah. in 1956. Okay. And Cecil B. DeMille, according to what I'm looking at, died in uh, 1959 at age okay. 77. Yeah. That's a good long age. It is. And yeah. a good set of accomplishments. That's right. That's right. He, he did movies like uh, Samson and Delilah, mm. um, just looking at some of the other biblical ones. Yeah, The Ten Commandments was in 1923 is when he did, you're right, this was version two. Uh, he's got one called The Sign of the Cross, oh. The King of Kings. So, uh, you know, this had me looking at, you know, well, what religion was he, you know? Um, and it looks to me, I, I haven't found it explicitly stated, but I think he was Episcopal. Um, oh, okay. Because, let's see, on Wikipedia, it says that when he passed away, his funeral was at, uh, DeMille's funeral was held January 23rd, uh, 1959, at St. Stephen's Episcopal Church. He oh, was okay. entombed at the Hollywood Memorial Cemetery, now known as Hollywood Forever. <laughs> oh, that's a, such a worse name. <laughs> Okay. All right. Yeah. Fine. Oh, um, my gosh. The, <laughs> the thing that surprised me is I watching this, I realized I had seen it, but only on TV, you know, from the days before DVDs and VHS and everything. So they have special presentations around Easter time and so forth. And, of course, play however much, but I'd forgotten that they would necessarily cut some of it, even if they're showing it for four hours, their commercials mm, and things. Yeah. And one of the things that I didn't remember ever having seen was that it begins with a curtain. And he steps out from behind the curtain and gives this little introduction that we tried to be as faithful as possible to the Moses story Everything that's in here, we used other sources like Midrash, which is a you know Jewish thought and storytelling that kind of goes out to explore themes in different biblical set stories. Um, you know, different. There was a rabbi I saw named as a consultant, so they were looking at all these books and things, and um, they kind of I think created their own interesting midrash hmm. based on that and based on current American culture. So as the, but I was very touched by the fact that he's like, let me just make sure of this. 
And it made me think, I, I know I keep talking about Bollywood, but what you find is if you watch the Bollywood movie scene, movies will come out that have a religious element. And Im- almost immediately, there's like protests, mobs, <laughs> certain areas won't show it. I mean, they get really involved in it. And wow. I'm thinking yeah. in 1956, that would have been much more the mentality. The movie would have died if he hadn't have said, okay, now we're not taking super liberties with it, which people would have put up with. But we tried hard to make this something that you can really use in a lot of ways. Yeah, that's that's true. And I, I think they did a pretty darn good job. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you mentioned that it was on TV all the time. It has been apparently on TV um, during the Easter season for years and years and years. And that's... That's mm. why it came to my mind this time. Yeah. Um, was just because I remember watching this in pieces every year at Easter because my mom would watch it all the time. Yeah. Whenever it came on, it was on. And I have, you know, flashbulb memories of him throwing <laughs> the staff on the ground and it turning into a snake. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, those kinds of things. Um, but I don't, I don't know that back then even I ever saw it all at once, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. but I just remembered, you know, uh, Yul Brynner, um, Charlton Heston. Um, th- those were the scenes that were in my head, those two together, um, mm-hmm. you know, head to head or, you know, um, but that's why it came to mind in the first place. Yeah, it's, it's perfect because it's mm-hmm. a perfect Lenten meditation, really. What is it to be freed from slavery? Mm. What does God want for you? What do we want for ourselves? That's kind of the huge theme. Yeah. You know, God leading you out to be closer to Him and you going yes or no. Exactly. (laughs) And then saying yes and being all gung-ho and then then saying no. (laughs) Uh, So... I didn't know this is what you meant. I thought it was going to be easier. Yeah. I, I don't know what you're talking about. I've never experienced that. Yeah. I have seen something that said the story of Exodus is like the story of our lives. Mm. Because our lives are all a journey like this. Oh, I so agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, there, there are times in your life where you're, like, so clear and you're like, oh, I can see God's hand. Yeah. I can see it, you know. And then, uh, you know, a year later, you're like, ah. Eh. You know, I'm that was cool, yeah. but I don't care anymore. <laughs> Here I am. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was then. Pharaoh's men are gone. What have you done for me lately? Oh, man. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Oh, my goodness. Well, uh, yeah. I really enjoyed it. Oh, good. I'm glad. I'm glad. Um, yeah, and th- this is in Exodus, you know, the book of Exodus. A few chapters at the front, right? Of the of the book of Exodus, what the no the whole book um, yeah the whole book of Exodus right I'm just well also and also what's kind of interesting is when you're looking into it all the other three books that follow this in the Pentateuch which is the five books of Moses including mm-hmm. Genesis um, but Leviticus Numbers Deuteronomy those all have pieces of what we think of as the story. So that little goodbye he does at the end where he's going, I can't go into the Holy Land with you, but I'm going to stay here. And um, Joshua says, as for me and my house, we will follow the Lord. That's all from the end of Deuteronomy. Mm. So the the story bits, because you've got um, Leviticus is the law, Numbers is 
the law and a little story. And Deuteronomy is more story, law and story versus Exodus, which is story and law for emphasis kind of thing. So, but Moses is kind of there in all of it. Mostly in Exodus is the way we think of it, but mm-hmm. you know, yeah, and that's that's kind of what I looked at. Um, I didn't read as much as I wanted to or reread, you mm-hmm. know, but uh, I read probably up through chapter thirteen of Exodus. Yeah, which yeah. is where most of the good mm-hmm. stuff is—the <laughs> fun stuff to read. Yeah, yeah, I did too. Cool. Yeah, excellent. So I don't know. Do we need to to summarize this movie? Um, I feel like between this movie and <clears throat> Prince of Egypt, hmm. uh, Prince everybody of Egypt. knows the basic story. Although Prince yeah. of Egypt, that's, right, that's the animated one, right? Yeah, that's what, and that's what younger people all know. Hmm. They've watched it over and over. Nice. As nice. I found out when Rose and I watched this, <laughs> she goes, "Oh, in Prince of Egypt, they do this." And I'm like, "They do? Huh? Wow. Still true to it, but a different interpretation of how to, you know." Take yeah, it. that's nice. Um, well, it's a it's a story of Moses. <laughs> yeah, Moses okay. is from birth to uh, uh, you know the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments is very near the end. Yeah, and Moses is very down. important to mm-hmm. the Jewish people, mm-hmm. right along with Abraham, I guess, um, because he's the one who essentially God used and cooperated with God to make Israel a nation mm-hmm. instead of just. A, a family. Yeah. And that's why he's revered. And then, of course, a lot of what he did, of course, Jesus was Jewish. Mm-hmm. And so that's all where we're headed later for Christians. So we all revere Moses. Yeah. Yeah. One of the interesting things that, that I thought about um, as I'm watching this, you know, we have, you know, saints and prayers, you know, to saints and stuff. But I don't hear a lot of us, you know, looking for Moses' intercession. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, you know, I wonder why that is. I don't know, because he's a saint. Yeah, absolutely. Like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We just don't dwell on it. Right, right. Anyway. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good point. I wonder why. Things like praying for our country and stuff. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so at the, at the opening of the movie... Um, the Hebrews are slaves in Egypt, making bricks, right? And Building monuments to Pharaoh. That's right. And um, so <clears throat> one of the Hebrew women gives birth to Moses and then puts him in a, um, I don't know, a, a basket of, made of reeds and puts him on the river where where he would float down to where some of the Egyptian princesses were hanging because... out. Because they were killing some firstborn, right? Yeah, the newborn yep. male children were all being killed because there were too many Hebrews. Mm-hmm. There were too many Hebrews. That was the reason? I think that's... No, I, that I believe they said you. in the movie, that I, is what... That is what it is in the Bible. It's like there's too many of them, and they could have a revolution. I think the uh, thinking was they could easily revolt and overthrow everything. So let's take care of some of these guys. We can <laughs> use right. the ladies. This isn't a problem. <laughs> yeah, and the firstborn thing comes back up at the end, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's an interesting, you know, <laughs> just amazing. Who came mm-hmm. up with that the first time? 
hey, let's, let's, oh man, I just can't think of anything more awful. Ah, genocide. Yeah, let's do yeah, it. It's just horrible. Maybe I shouldn't do this. I was going to say, because in the Bible, they have a bit where they say, so he told, so Pharaoh told the midwives, if there's any newborn males, just um, make sure they don't live. Right. And, and they didn't want to do it. And they yeah. said, oh, we're sorry. They're so healthy. And these women are so healthy that they have the babies before we get there. Yeah. Um, so he's like, that's it. The sword. Hmm. Anyway, I'll stop doing that. Let's just no, talk no, about please do that. No, I find that stuff fascinating. Yeah, but you know, um, so the Pharaoh's daughter is who finds Moses and uh, raises yeah. him as her own. And it was it was interesting to me, and I'm not sure uh, that that's one of those things where yeah, would it really you know happen this way? But um, Moses did not know that he was Hebrew until much later. He didn't know that he was an Egyptian, which seems to me like that would have been pretty obvious. <laughs> well, especially in the movie. Uh-huh. You know, she's like, this is my baby and no one's saying any different, <laughs> old slave woman who doesn't like this whole thing mm-hmm. and to to her. And it, I'm just like, and she just shows up and everybody's like, oh, you've got a baby now. I'm like, have you guys seen how form-fitting these clothes are? I feel like you couldn't have hidden it. <laughs> Your husband's been dead. Mm. Hello. You know, (laughs) but we'll just let that go. (laughs) That did make me laugh, though. Yeah, yeah. And I want to say the costumes, they had four or five people listed for costumes because, you know, it was a cast of thousands. But what I liked was Edith Head was the first one listed, and she's, you know, one of the most famous people for costumes that designers that has ever been in Hollywood. Hmm. And I was looking at the way those women were dressed, uh, Hmm. Pharaoh's daughter and then Nefertiti. And I was going, Oh my gosh, this is the skill a top designer can put into it. Cause the whole time you were looking going, they must have flesh colored something on underneath, but it looks like maybe there's nothing on underneath. (laughs) I can't tell. It was, Hmm. it was amazing. Yeah. You know, um, Hmm. people must've been glued to the screen keeping an eye on that situation <laughs> keeping an eye on that situation that's funny but you know the young men yeah yeah for sure yeah. the young ladies had it much easier <laughs> there were amazingly wonderful levels of chestiness that's going right. on there there was, there was lots of that happening everyone represented quite well i would i'm glad to say charlton hessen came out just as well as Jill brenner i wouldn't mm. have thought it uh. and joshua was a treat. So oh, Joshua, John Derrick, right? Yes. I was yeah. looking him up and then they're like, and his wife, his fourth wife, Bo Derrick. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. He must've aged really well. Cause he, before that, he was married to Linda Evans yeah. from big yeah. Valley. And I was like, Oh my gosh, how did he do this? He must've been really old then. <laughs> and they were both quite attractive. Well, I imagine that on the first date, he just said, let's watch the 10 commandments. <laughs> I think before the date, he's like, in preparation, watch this. You're going to yeah. love it. Oh, shit. <laughs> Too funny. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. I distracted from that. No, I love it. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hollywood stories are interesting. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, there comes a point, you know, so he, in the movie, he's um, like in charge of building, you know, so he's he's directing slaves to do stuff, but he's compassionate. Right, you know, when he, he sees oh, somebody. Oh, Charlton Heston. Yeah, Charlton Heston, yeah. Moses. Moses, yeah. right. He's such a good guy. He just 
naturally mm-hmm. understands the people. That's right. Yep. That's right. And he doesn't like we people being run over by no. giant blocks. Old ladies who mm-hmm. are caught. And they were like, just keep going. <laughs> I'm like, wouldn't that be more difficult if you're having to put down grease, running over a woman and crushing her to nothing? Isn't that harder? Yeah, that's got to add something. it just be better to stop and cut her. But that's fine. Mm-hmm. You guys are so mean, you don't even care. <laughs> We get it. Oh, shoot. Yeah, but so <laughs> that's so true. Yeah, and then Charlton Heston says, wait, stop pulling that rock. Yes. Yeah, so, um, but that was, that was good Unknowingly stuff. saving his own mother. That's what right. What are the odds? Which is amazing. I know, I love it. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that's funny. It was wonderful. Yeah, it was really good. Um, yeah, and then on the flip side of that, you have Yul Brynner. Who plays Ramses? Yes, know. we do. <laughs> and he's like, uh, "Yeah, we need to be tougher on these folks." And uh, <laughs> Moses is like, "No, we need to treat them well." Um, yeah, if you feed them, they mm-hmm. actually could, you know, have the energy to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your what is it? That, what is it that Moses did? He was like, um, "Everybody, go get grain out of the you know granaries that are." Just full of stuff for the gods, I guess. You know, if <laughs> yeah. they, that was just going to rot in there, I suppose. And then they, they went and got it all. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it would rot because if it's dried grain, they would just use it to feed people with. Yeah, you'd, you'd think so. But it, the fact that it was for the gods is what made me think that. Oh. It's like if you put it in a granary and that's for the gods, you know, who's going to go get it? You just leave well, I think it there? Pharaoh gets to eat it because he's Does a god. Ah, I don't okay. know. That's that possible. was just. You know, if we're going to go into it, I didn't really think about it. I just was like, <laughs> yeah. what a guy. And he gives them a day off so he, they can rest up. That's right. And possibly worship. And but we're not talking idea. about that now. That's right. That's right. Yeah, so he naturally thought, you know, hey, you guys need a day of rest. Yeah. Yeah. He's just considerate that way. <laughs> He's connected. He's got the cell service. Mm-hmm. He's thinking bigger. Well, that is one thing Mm -hmm. that I noticed the whole way through, and this isn't necessarily the best example, but as it went along, I kept going, oh, that's very progressive of him. Oh, that's very modern of him. Oh, that's very American of him. So the views of slavery, the fact that God should be in every heart, um, the fact that – Pharaoh, the reason he's not believing the miracles is because he doesn't believe in God, which is super modern, Mm. stupid atheist. (laughs) I was like, oh, I wouldn't have thought anything about that before. And I never did watching it when I was younger, because those were all things that everybody in America in 1956 would have accepted as just naturally the right way to think. Mm. Of course, he thinks that way. He's the good guy. Instead of looking at it and going, they would never have thought that stuff back then. That's that's really interesting, you know, and uh, that didn't occur to me while watching it, but, you know, you're totally right. And it makes me think that, you know, it would be interesting to have this done with that in mind, mm-hmm. trying to be as true to what they thought back then as you can be. Um, and how I wonder how that would come out. <laughs> and would it be interesting for people to see? Well, yeah, and because you do have to have, you know, the story motivation and everything because we have to care. And, of course, they're diametrically opposing Ramses 
and Moses. Mm-hmm. But and and I liked actually liked what they did with a lot of it, which was the reason you know when you're reading through scripture and it says uh, things like and Pharaoh's heart was hardened. Or the mm-hmm. Lord hardened, said he was going to harden Pharaoh's heart. And you see the reason Pharaoh's heart gets hardened is primarily, well, it's probably really three things. But, I mean, you know, there's his pride of Moses isn't going to beat me. Mm-hmm. And even in the old, you know, when it happened, it would be, no slaves are going to tell me what to do. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. But, but the fact that they have him saying, I don't believe in gods. He's very much like a modern person going, he's like, my priest can do this. Mm-hmm. This happens all the time. Frogs come out. There are too many frogs sometimes. So it's all the scientific reasons, right? Yeah. That are so he's being very modern that way. And then mm-hmm. the other thing is is Nefertiti because she's so into Moses and she's not happy to be with Ramses. She's just pushing him, and he'll mm-hmm. have a reasonable attitude of, well, okay, I get it. And Nefertiti's like, huh, you are so weak. <laughs> Moses is so amazing, and he's like, ah. Oh. I don't think so. And she loves it because she's just goading him on. And that's another very reasonable explanation for why his heart is hardened. Because yeah. we're not told all that backstory. It's just told through the lens of God when you're looking at the Bible. And so, I loved what they did with it, but I just kept looking at it going, oh, wow, this is so modern. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, that's what we're filling in, right? You know, you're filling in a lot of the the personal motivations of everybody. Um with story, right? And in that way, is that uh, what you call a midrash? I yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. That's so, what I was saying when I was mm-hmm. saying they were doing their own midrash, and I was mm-hmm. like, and so that's the modern take on it of because the story is amazingly open in a lot of ways like that. As you kind of sit and think about why would he not give in after these miracles? You know, mm-hmm. um, why why would he let these continual hardships happen? Why would these things, well, you know, how much does it really touch him personally? How much does this stuff matter? And as you're puzzling through it, you kind of develop a relationship with the story and how are you going to think about it and how does it make sense for you? And mm-hmm. the, the amazing thing about the story is that it's, how, 4,000 years later? How long yeah. ago did this happen? Mm-hmm. It's still relatable and it still works even with whatever glosses we put on it to understand it better. It still resonates. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's got it's got everything. You know, mm-hmm. the hero's journey is in this one. <laughs> right? That, I guess you're right. That, that thing and that's that, the yeah. ancient part that we relate to. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, coming from nothing into... Mm-hmm. You know, being the hero. Yeah, and we understand the fickle human heart. We live with it all the time. Mm-hmm. That's why I was just surprised that when they were make, you know, Yul Brynner's going, these are just statues. I'm like, ah, I could hear somebody say that now. Oh yeah, no question. Yeah, yeah, and and I love that look at at uh, the Ramsey's character. That's that really adds depth for me. You know because. Mm-hmm. He's he's looking, you know, later on in the movie, um, you know, he's watching miracles happen, mm-hmm. and he's like you said, just like, eh, you know, that can be explained. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't until well, the blood was in the water that it made me think that he was thinking, hmm, maybe something's up with this. But but even you know, after all of that stuff happens, and all of the firstborn die. And he's finally given up, and he says, "Moses, you're right." Yeah. Um, and he says, "Just go, just take your people and go." And then, um, 
he's still talked into, hey, I'm going to go after him now. <laughs> you know, it, it's just amazing how it's just like, you know, I have this mindset and, um, you know, I know that he was goaded into that as well, just like you said. But Well, she knows what buttons to push. Yeah, so. yeah, she was pushing buttons. But still, to, to have witnessed all of that and to think that he's got any chance whatsoever to to stop this is mm-hmm. just amazing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, I, I find that believable. You know, <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm not yeah. saying that it was unbelievable. It, it's just amazing. Mm-hmm. But I can, you know, I feel like people are like that, you know? They, oh, yeah. They've got this mindset and, uh, man, it, it takes a mountain to get that off of there. You know, it's... Well, it's, yeah, because the flip side of that, kind of the complimentary look at that is the, uh, you were talking about this earlier, the <laughs> the Israelites, mm-hmm. the Hebrews, they, you know, have just crossed the Red Sea. Yeah. Moses goes up on the mountain, he's gone a little too long, and they're like, oh, well, you know what? Miracles can't make me believe all this stuff. Essentially, yeah. it's kind of the lesson there. We're going to take things into our own hands. Mm. We're not going to trust, because trusting is scary. Yeah. It's, yeah. So it's the miracles don't make you automatically believe, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's why, you know, um, there's that guy, Edward G. Robinson, plays uh, <laughs> Dathan. Dathan. Right. Yeah. He's an amazing guy. And, and um, <laughs> man, he, he gets people to follow him, you know, despite evidence as well. And uh, I also find that really believable. Um, Talk about pushing buttons. But yeah, I mean, so there they are at the Red Sea. And the Pharaoh's headed that way, you know. And mm-hmm. he says, uh, look what Moses has done for you guys. You you're, you guys are about to die. And then some of the people yell, stone Moses, you know, stone him. It's like, <laughs> you got to be kidding me. <laughs> Yesterday you were making bricks, for heaven's sake. <laughs> and you hated every minute of it. But then, yeah. um, but then he parts the Red Sea. Which was cool, right? I that yeah. held up. I thought. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was really good. The fire did not hold up. <laughs> you just had to go. Okay, right. I know what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, I liked it. Yeah, yeah, cool. But yeah, then he brings them across the Red Sea, and mm-hmm. then the Pharaoh decides to chase him through the Red Sea, which was crazy. And then of course oh. the, the <laughs> obvious happens. You know, the Red Sea uh, stops parting. <laughs> at the right yeah. moment and <laughs> yeah. everybody that was uh you know the no pharaoh himself that. was on the other side yeah just watching it all happen with his hands on his hips yep you know being very lordly going you bring him to me i'm not gonna <laughs> run after him and i feel like that was a good call uh-huh yeah both very kingly and everything <laughs> but That's also right. also it's like um yeah didn't see that one coming did you hmm. god's yeah. not gonna let them through right and then they get, uh, you know, so after that, uh, the Israelites, they get to their mountain. And Moses goes up the mountain. He's gone for a few days. And Edward G. Robinson is like, this guy is never coming back. <laughs> I mean, how could he possibly come back? Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you just saw the Red Sea part, people. Yeah, oh it's fine. You know, and some of the people are saying that, too, which is, is cool. Yeah. You know, they're saying, hey, you know, with God, all things are possible. And, yeah. Uh, uh, but he's like, no, you know what we should do is we should make a golden calf. <laughs> yeah. And people are like, yeah, let's do it. Amazing. But at the same time, I, in my own life, I see that. 
In my own oh, life, yeah. I can see times when I was very clear um, that I was, you know, that, that, that things were happening. I could see the hand of God somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I was amazed. And uh, then a year later, it's like, well, you know, that kind of stuff. I'll take so, things into my own hands now. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you're constantly letting things get in the way. It's like, well, you know, if you truly believe that God exists and you truly, um, you know, were uh, trying to know him, then would you do what you do every day? You know, some of the things mm-hmm. that you do, that's mm-hmm. that's the question, you know. Yeah, that's a good point because Dathan never changes. He is originally the reason he's acting the way he is with the Hebrew people is his idea is he's going to get them to go back to comfortable slavery Mm. and he's going to get credit with Pharaoh and be very important. Yes. And the thing is, is that by the time they get to where they're going to make the idol, he doesn't have that excuse anymore, but that's just his behavior. He's continually manipulating. Yeah. He's trying to get trying to control things. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He wants power. And, um, you know, I wasn't clear um, was was he Egyptian yes. the whole time? Okay, because I, I didn't was. know if he was a Hebrew slave that, you know, he said, I want this guy's house and I'll tell you something. I couldn't, I, I wasn't clear as to what his background was. Um, when, it felt like when he, he was an overseer who was Hebrew, Okay, you know, so he'd been able to work his way up. Right, and that's what I was curious about. Because then, right. then um, because of information, the Pharaoh gave him, uh, what Vincent Price's house was it? Vincent Price? <laughs> yeah, it was yeah, Vincent, so gave Price. Vincent Price's house. So, um, but yeah, I couldn't remember, or I, I, I never was clear on what his background was. So, so they sent him with the Hebrews anyway. But, but yeah, he was just constantly, um, just you know, against Moses. But, but it wasn't really. He was against Moses because he was for himself, really. Yes. So he that that's the thing. So, um, but we see that all the time, you know. Oh, yeah. um, gosh, you know, in 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 our country today, you know, just the national conversation, you know, there are people oh. like that that just can't wait to pounce on whatever might be happening um, yeah, to, to try they, to further their own viewpoint. Right, and yeah. they're not even using logic or or good sense a lot of the time. They're just saying the first stupid thing that comes into their head, and everybody latches onto it as if it's for real. Yeah, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. oh my gosh. And that's the same thing with this guy. It's like, what has Moses done for you lately? He's been yeah. up on that mountain. He's probably dead. <laughs> you know? What has he done for you lately? My gosh. <laughs> yeah, and that, that is just amazing. It's just amazing. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So human nature, although that character isn't in the Bible, but there are the mm-hmm. people. It's like the people decided, and right. you know, it had to be people like that. Yeah, and and that and that's the thing. You know, like you were saying earlier, that makes sense to me on how something like that could happen. You know, if you if you have people that are constantly pulling the other direction, people will start to follow those other people. You know, it, it, it makes it more true to me. You know, than you know what the Bible says is you know their their hearts were hard or whatever, like you were saying earlier. Mm-hmm. But here it is now. Um, this is a possible way it could have happened, and we see oh, yeah. that we see that all the time. And there are always people that feel slighted for some reason. You know, mm-hmm. here you are, you know, you've got thousands of people exiting Egypt and, uh, you know, um, 
people start to feel sorry for themselves, you know, because of water or whatever, and, uh, you know, start to just have these really negative feelings. And then um, you get somebody like Edward G. Robinson who can <laughs> speak well, um, can really direct those people at his will. Yeah. And part of that, too, I think, is um, the people, they say in the movie that they had been slaves for 400 years. Hmm. Now, um, if you've been part of a slave culture for 400 years, hmm. you can't throw that off the second you step outside that the door. That is a really good point, too, right? Yeah, so they, and a slave mentality, what we see here, it's dependent and it's passive. Mm-hmm. So that's when they're out in the wilderness later, if you're reading through the Bible, and they're going, oh, at least back in Egypt, we had beer and leeks and meat and whatever it was. Life was good. Why did you even bring us out here? It's like, have you forgotten the bricks and the whips and the, <laughs> you know, your ladies getting taken away from you and whatever else? Because it's the slave mentality. Hmm. They're not used to having to be leaders or even not everybody can be a leader, but to think for themselves and weigh, you know, um, the better of two things. They just haven't ever been trained in that. Yeah. So. Yeah. The interesting thing to me about this is when you look at um, just the text, it it doesn't work quite as well for the movie, but it works pretty well. So here's Moses, right? If he hadn't killed that guy, well, of course, in the movie, he's like, I'm going to be one of the people. I'm going to get down in the pits with them because that's who I am. But in the book, it just, it's like one sentence. One Mm -hmm. day he was walking out among his people. So it's like he knew who they were. Yeah. And he sees Mm -hmm. the overseer or whoever it is beating the slave unfairly and he really overreacts, kills the overseer and then terribly incompetent. He's not good at this. He hides the body in some sand where Mm -hmm. obviously it can be found later. So, but then he realizes he's been seen and he runs away. Mm -hmm. Well, if he hadn't done that, this is his flaw, right? Mm -hmm. If he hadn't done that, he could have risen through government and helped his people a different way. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. been trained as one of the upper classes. And so, leaving all that aside, let's look at it just, he's been raised to be a leader. He's been raised to be independent. He's been raised to help other people, you know, do the best thing. He's the perfect person as an intermediary to get them out of there. So, it's like perfect planning on Pharaoh, or on God's part, sorry, not Pharaoh, on God's part to get him out there. But that's why he's having so much trouble with the people all the time. Mm-hmm. They're just reverting to the way they know how to think. And, um, of course, and you, you're you talking about relating it to today with our, the leaders and stuff, bad leaders and things. But then, as you said, but we followed them. What What is the mental slavery or whatever other kinds of slavery, the things that we're addicted to or can't even see that are pervasive influences – that bind us up. Yeah, those are the idols, right? That's the golden calf. Yeah. It's like, yeah. and we, we don't even know what it is. I mean, sometimes, you know, the, the, the thing is, you know, it's like, you know, love of country, for example. I mean, there there's a healthy love of country, mm-hmm. but there's also an unhealthy love of country, right? It, the same thing with, with every love that there is. Yeah. Um, you can reach an unhealthy state, you know, so, um, but that's just an example. I mean, mm-hmm. country can become an idol. Um, yeah. you know, as, as can everything. So, um, but yeah, it, it's to me, you know, it, it's just so obvious, you know, 
you know, little things, big things in my life, in the life of the world. And, mm-hmm. you know, you just see it everywhere. It's just this flaw that we have. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. If a little is good, a lot is better. Right. Exactly. We yeah. were talking about that last time. Yeah. That's what I was yeah. going to say. We were just talking about that. Yes. Yeah, C.S. Lewis. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny how things um, kind of come together, you know. <laughs> Isn't it funny? <laughs> yeah. But um, I, I have this this little newsletter, this guy that I like, who's actually not Catholic, um, but his name is Sky Jathani. He's on that uh, Holy Post podcast with uh, um, Phil Vischer. I've mentioned oh, uh-huh. him before. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's where I got this idea, and it just came in like a few days ago. At C.S. Lewis talking about patriotism. Um, oh. So he says, uh, as the family offers, this is a quote from C.S. Lewis, apparently. Um, as the family offers us the first step beyond self love, so our country offers us the first step beyond family selfishness. Of course, mm. patriotism of this kind is not in the least aggressive. It asks only to be let alone. It becomes militant only to protect what it loves. And then um, Lewis went on to note that good patriotism produces a good attitude toward foreigners. Um, How can I love my home without coming to realize that other men no less rightly love theirs? And then um, it says, Lewis also recognized the corruption of patriotism, having lived through the evils of colonialism and two world wars. Um, Love for one's nation becomes idolatry, Lewis said, when it becomes a firm belief, even prosaic belief, that our own nation, in sober fact, has long been and still is markedly superior to all others. So there's mm-hmm. that, that, that is packed full of stuff there. But it's like, I think the thought that, you know, I, I like our system better than the systems of other nations is a way okay attitude to have. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but just like we were talking last week. I mean, that ties in to Out of the Silent Planet. Yeah. Um, exactly. Um, when, when we think that our system's better, which is obvious because we, we, we live here and we're creating this system <laughs> and we right. like it, right? Right. But the, the imposition and, and therefore taking the next step and saying, and therefore uh, we should conquer everyone is the, is the idle part of it. Right. They should be doing it our way. Exactly. And, and not only should they be doing it, saying they should be doing it our way, I think is okay, but forcing them to do it our way is not. Well, right. The conquering <laughs> right. because But, but of to that talk or... and convince and say, hey, right. you know, you can maximize your freedoms if you do X, Y, Z. Right. And we think this is a better way to live. I think that that's fine and good. Yeah. And that's part of that national conversation that you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, worldwide even conversation. Within our own, yeah. Well, yeah, worldwide, <clears throat> but also even within our you know, various communities, you run into those conversations all the time. Right, you know, right. how does the church get run? How does the country get run? Yeah. Look at that family versus your family. You know, mm. it's that balance that we have to keep. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so the, this just gets back to the golden calf. I mean, it's it's all tied together. You know, this is just one example of what a golden calf could be, you know, money is obvious, you know, but, but these other things that, um, you know, I mean, God parted the Red Sea <laughs> and we're, <laughs> and we constantly look at other things that fill that in, you know, it's like, what have you done well, for me lately? What have you done for me today? 
Right, um, and that kind of an idol, Mm -hmm. they don't make it clear in there. I mean, obviously the people are then lawless because they're not obeying God. I mean, even the most basic thing, because Moses is up getting the laws. So to be fair, they haven't had these things all given to them. But um, the whole point of an idol like that back in those times, it was thought that if you make this God, then you can call the God down to the thing that's like it, Mm -hmm. that's sympathetic to it. And while the God's there, it will do what you want. Hmm. So this is an effort to control God and turn him into a vending machine, essentially, Mm. also. Yeah. Which is the other choice besides following what God says. Right, right. So, I really love the moment when Moses throws the two commandments at the idol and, like, this huge explosion (laughs) happens. And then earthquakes tearing things apart, people falling down into the abyss. Uh Uh-huh. That's how you run things. That's, <laughs> that's how it goes, yeah. Well, wow. it was a nice touch because, mm-hmm. you know, um, in the Bible, Moses is like, oh, my gosh, calls the Levites over mm-hmm. and says, everybody got a sword on them? Okay, so these guys over here, get rid of them. And mm-hmm. they kill 3,000 men. So, I was like, how are they going to handle that? Oh, God does it. It's nature revolting against what these people did. So, they'll just fall down into the abyss. I like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In in um, Exodus, one of the things that I saw that was really interesting to me, and, and it was in the movie, um, you know, was Aaron, you know, following Moses around. Mm-hmm. And then Moses would say, Aaron, take this staff and... <laughs> do something with it rather than just doing it himself. I thought that was interesting, but it's right in there. Um, it says, um, so Moses, however, said to the Lord, this is in chapter four. Mm-hmm. If you please my Lord, I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor now that you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and tongue. So, um, even Moses is like, Hey, I'm, I'm not the right guy you should pick here. <laughs> and, and he, you know, but, but he should be thinking, you know, Wow, I've been chosen. Uh, I assume that he's going to take care of all of uh, whatever I need to do at the moment is going to be able to happen, you know, through faith, right? Right. But instead, he's like, ah, are you sure? <laughs> well, and this is the third or fourth question, and God's finally like, look, okay, I'm giving you Aaron. That's Aaron right. will talk for you. Now shut up and get going, pal. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So the Lord says to him, who gives one person speech, who makes another mute or deaf, seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Yeah. Now go, I will assist you in speaking and teach you what you are to say. But he said, if you please, my Lord, send someone else. <laughs> oh, Moses. Then yeah. the Lord became angry with Moses and said, I know there is your brother, Aaron the Levite, who is a good speaker. Even now he is on his way to meet you. When he sees you, he will be truly glad. You will speak to him and put the words in his mouth. I will assist both you and him in speaking and teach you both to do what you are to do. And then this was was very interesting. He says, he will speak to the people for you. He will be your spokesman and you will be as God to him. Take this staff in your hand. With it, you are to perform the signs. I thought that was very interesting. Yeah, you're, well, basically, that's being a prophet, right? Yeah, yeah. You're speaking that's right. God's words. and Yeah, so that's, it, that's what Moses is. Moses is the prophet, right? 
Well, interestingly, yeah, in the Bible, Mm -hmm. that whole family, so Moses, Aaron, and Miriam are all prophets. Mm. You don't always hear them say, I mean, they're not going, and Miriam said this, and Aaron said that. That's not it, but they're called that Mm. when they're labeled in different spots. Gotcha, yeah. But yeah, so yeah, so Moses is now the prophet. Aaron's going to do things, and of course, for the movie, it doesn't work well at all for that. But they did yeah, include was, Aaron. You know, right, he's there, and there. also because he's the high priest, right? Yeah. So he would do that kind of thing, right? Yeah, it was odd when I was watching. I was like, I wonder why that is. And then when I was reading Exodus, I said, Oh, it is right here. So, oh, you didn't know that already? Okay. Yeah. Well, Good. I I would have known from a while back, but yeah. But no, no, um, I was just, just looking uh, at it in that light. I'm like, Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just those, but yeah, here. Take this staff and throw it on the ground. <laughs> it will turn into a snake. And yeah, this is like when we talked about, Mo- or not Moses, Noah. Mm, yeah. When I'd be going, hold on. And since I have a Bible next to my TV, because that's the kind of house this is, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I never would have thought when I was younger. <laughs> but um, for this movie, I was like, where did they get the gold that they're melting down to make this idol with? And Rose pops up. She goes, oh. That's, uh, God told him to get that on the way out. And I went, what? So I pick it up. And sure enough, when I'm looking, it's God says to the people, you know, go ahead and get the Egyptians to give you clothing and trinkets, gold and trinkets, because you're going to need them. Mm. And so that's where they have all that from. And that's why in the movie, Ramses says to the priest when he's on his way out in his war chariot, and I'm going to get back your idols for you, for your temples. (laughs) Because I was like, what happened? And, excuse me, um, there's a book by Trent Horn called Hard Sayings, and Mm. it's about things in the Bible where people will point to it and go, your God's awful, and here's why, or God doesn't exist, and here's why, and and point to the Bible as evidence. And so, he kind of talks about a lot of that stuff, and one of the things he talks about there is that was was reparation for their years of slavery. Mm. And I thought, oh, that's a neat idea. Mm -hmm. You know, God's like, you're going to need some stuff, and you're do it. Mm. Because you were slaves. Yeah. So it's kind of like um, after the Civil War, you know, everybody mm. got 40 acres and a mule. Mm. Because this is what you supposedly needed to try and get your life going again as an independent person and you've never had anything gotcha. as a slave. Mm-hmm. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And then they'd melted it down and Edward G. Yeah, Robinson well, made a you know. calf out of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Way to go, Edward. Come on. <laughs> it's like, it's like it seemed the right thing to do at the time. Yeah. I was sorry later, but. Right. Yeah, I know. Yep. People are funny. Yeah. Well, you know, the <laughs> thing is, is that it's just, uh, once again, uh, you know, it's funny to me that human nature is so constant. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it is. These yeah. people are easy to understand in some ways. In others, you I mean, sometimes you have to dig for the context, mm-hmm. which is what the Midrash does, right? That kind of, we've got what the text says, and then it's like, well, how do we understand it? Mm. You know? Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. And, um, yeah, Ann Baxter, I wanted to make sure we talk about her. Oh. Um, you, you mentioned her... Um, we were talking earlier in all about Eve as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, she's, that was an interesting character. Um, we've already talked about, you know, how she was affecting Ramses. 
Um, but earlier than that, you know, she was in love with Moses. Well, she was in love with Moses the whole time, but oh yeah, but uh, she was the one that he she was rooting for. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Yeah, come on. But I thought she did a really good job. Um, and then his wife, uh, the uh, the shepherd. Yeah, Yvonne DiCarlo. Yeah, that's who that was, right? Lily Munster. Is it, oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I hadn't made that connection, but you're right. Yeah. I saw the name and went, oh my gosh. Oh man. It's yeah. young, beautiful Mrs. Munster. Right. Yeah, she did a good job too. And that was an interesting yeah. contrast that they made between the two of them, especially mm-hmm. that speech, which is, um, you know, the shepherd girl, Sephora, mm-hmm. saying, um, uh, our hands are not so soft, but they're ready to work. <laughs> you know, basically, that's another thing of a very modern look and, and a realistic one. You know, mm. you've got two different cultures. Yeah. Which one are you going for? You know, I know you were in love with this woman and she broke your heart, but I have things to offer, too. Mm. You know, yeah. more than fine clothes and soft skin and so forth. Right. I liked the scene that they had together where... um uh, Sephora is the name of Yvonne DiCarlo's mm-hmm. character. Yeah. Tells, you know, uh, Nefer, Nefertiri. Nefertiri. Yeah. Or Tiri. Nefertiri. Yeah. So she's, um, she says, uh, you lost him and then I lost him. <laughs> you know, I lo- you lost him when he was looking for God and I lost him when he found him. I thought I that was an interesting that. conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I loved that because mm-hmm. it's, the plight of everyone who's married to or attached somehow to, I would say an obsessive personality, but that's not exactly it. Somebody with a mission and a passion. Yeah. And right. you can't be as important as that. I mean, it could be a scientist or whoever, but, or yeah. artist or something. Yeah, very true. But especially... When you read the Bible, especially <laughs> one of God's prophets. Yeah. I mean, yep. my goodness. Because those calls come at inconvenient times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, because they're meant to shake you up. Well, and that's the mm-hmm. whole point of a prophet, right? Yeah. Not to make you yeah. comfortable. Right. And then... To, um, they afflict the comfortable. Right. And then the other thing that they had in common was they had a firstborn, right? They each had mm-hmm. a boy. Um you know, Ann Baxter or Nefertiri had the Pharaoh's son and Sephora had Moses's son. And, um, the Pharaoh demanded that the firstborn be killed, but then Moses knows, well, that's just going to turn right back on him Mm -hmm. and it's going to be all the Egyptian firstborns who, who die, you know, Passover. And, um, that was, uh, that was a nice contrast too. Yeah, exactly. And then Nefertiri's reaction to that, you know, she's like, well, don't let it happen, Moses. (laughs) He's like, well, there's nothing I can do. You know, this is is a done deal. There's nothing I can do. Yeah, she still wasn't believing in God. She was still just believing in Moses. Yeah. That's right. So her, her focus was in the wrong spot, too. Yeah. But, yeah, tragic. So, um... But that was a that was a good contrast as well. They were both in a similar situation. Yeah, and I really actually loved the scene where you know you see the smoke start to come over the moon, and this mm-hmm. is the Holy Spirit that's coming down to. Um, because how do you show that? 
yeah coming down to and you and as it kind of just slowly moves through the streets you hear the screams progressing mm. one after the other instead of having it just all strike yeah so i liked that a lot and i loved the fact that they're showing inside where they're eating their passover meal mm. Because they have to eat the lamb, that's part of it. So they're eating, and the little kid's going. And his, it's uh, Moses's nephew, I guess, is mm. is asking the questions, and Moses is giving the answers. And these are the traditional questions and answers that the Jews do during Passover, during their meal. Mm. You know, they have the meal uh, where they have the lamb and the bitter herbs and the flattened or the unleavened bread and everything. And they have this ritual of, you know, why is tonight not like any other night? Why is, you know, and the youngest kid, I think, is the one who goes around and asks this and then the elders answer. And mm. it's a prescribed question and answer thing. And wow. I was like, oh, I love it that they put that in there. Yeah, that is neat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's really great. Yeah. It mm. was really, I thought that was such a great touch you know mm. it kind of, and also it worked the way the passover is supposed to work right while we're watching that that's what happens in current time but it's as if we're watching it back when it happened right and that's the understanding of remembrance that the jews had and why you did it every year is you weren't just evoking a memory when you were doing that it was as if it was also happening in the past mm. so when jesus says do this in remembrance of me that's the sense of remembrance he means, and that's why every time the Eucharist is consecrated and everything, that's as if it was back at the beginning. Wow. Yeah. Powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Really something. Yeah. And I can only imagine being Jewish in 1956, where you were generally accepted, but not always. You know, you weren't getting into the country clubs. The people who were running the Hollywood studios weren't emphasizing it, that kind of thing. Um, this would have been a powerful movie to watch. Yeah, I imagine. Yep. And you know, of course, Christians love it too. But yeah, um, absolutely. Which would have been the majority, but right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it actually said in here. Let's see, Cecil B. DeMille. When he went to, uh, you know, a, a lot of the executives were Jewish, I guess. Mm-hmm. And he was, you know, trying to sell it to him and say, hey, let me make this movie. <laughs> oh, huh. And, uh, you know, so, I mean, that, that's who he was selling it to or or trying right. to get past, you know, to, to let him do it. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, that was great. Yeah. Well, yeah, and they would have been used to that kind of movie anyway. Certainly, but, certainly they would have, yeah. 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 Yeah, but the fact that he was referencing Josephus who was, you know, a prominent Jewish historian mm-hmm. from Jesus' time, or a little later, actually. Philo, yeah. or Philo, mm-hmm. Eusebius, all those people. That just shows how much they were trying to get to the real essence of the story. Right, right. Which is why I was so surprised every time, that, you know, Sephora. <laughs> That's the other thing. So Moses' wife, before she's his wife, like, look, all the daughters are going to dance in front of you, Moses, and you get to pick <laughs> one. <laughs> and all the other shakes are like, this is great. Wow. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, he's acting suitably, you know, oh, I, I really can't pick from beautiful flower garden. How do you pick the most beautiful kind of thing? But she's like, I'm not dancing to be picked by a man. Well, that was super modern. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. back then you'd have gone, sure. What is this what we're doing? Fine. Mm-hmm. I'm in there with everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. 
That's right. Yeah, it's a lot of lot of modern stuff in there. Yeah. Yeah, it, and if it was it done works. today, it'd be even different. Oh my gosh! Well, it has been done today, right? Ridley Scott did a recent version, and left God out essentially. Well, tell me what that is. Is it? It was called Exodus, I thought. Yeah, so I didn't watch it, but it got panned by the critics who all went. And so God, you know, him in the story. And Rose did see it for the sake of seeing it. And she said that the problem was, is God was portrayed as a child and really pretty much just a child who had temper tantrums and was really mean all the time. So that was the very modern take on it. Yeah. Exodus, Gods and Kings in 2014. Yeah, I was really excited about it. I thought, wow, what a great, you know, you've got all these special effects, interesting storyteller. Hmm. You know, he couldn't, it wasn't Noah. Where you can tell Darren Aronofsky let the story speak for itself. He was hmm. as true to all of it as he could be. Right. Um, yeah. And thoughtful about it. And this was kind of the modern diatribe. It sounded like that's what Rose's take on it was, and from what I read from the critics, yeah, interesting. Care for it. Yeah, so now I want to watch it in in light of this. You can let me know how it is. I will. I'll let you know how it went. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's like you know, like Rose. I'm like, wonder what that's what's in that. I'm just curious. Yeah. 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 Well, I was kind. Of, I was going to watch it. Seems it. like we we may have talked about this not on the podcast, but I think you may have brought yeah. this to my attention back when it came out. So it's from 2014. Yeah, it was a while ago. Yeah. But yeah, I was actually going to watch it based on the fact that we had watched Noah and I'd had such a good experience and liked that movie so much. Yeah. And um, she got there first and was like, no, don't. Yeah, it will just make you angry. It's don't not bother. terrific. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, when you when you said Ridley Scott, I was thinking it was one of the Alien movies, you because know? oh. <laughs> you, you know how those have been turning out. So yeah, Prometheus, yeah, not great exactly. either. Exactly right, you know, and that's yeah. that's got all these religious connotations to it, or mm-hmm. anti-religious connotations. But, um, but yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, that's funny too because when you think about it, here's this Exodus movie, the new one, and it's super modern, and that interpretation of this ancient story and they would take liberties with any other religious story too but you know would that level of disrespect and disregard be shown to the ramayana Hmm. or i don't know some other ancient religious tale yeah yeah maybe it's just because they feel so familiar with it um, because it is part of our culture yeah i don't know everyone knows the story of moses that's right yep Anyway, mm-hmm. just a thought. Yeah, but it's it's interesting to think about, you know. Mm-hmm. But I, I like how you said, you know, maybe it's because it's so familiar. Because, um, yeah, I mean, these stories are very familiar to us all. Um, yeah. You know, in this culture, so. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, maybe you feel like this is a story that's yours, so you can do that because this is how your take is on it. So that's, you know, I could see that, but... It wasn't a good take, from what I understand. Gotcha, gotcha. I did like the um, the very determined, forceful Moses that we saw a lot of the time in terms of, um, like when he's like, oh, look, they're like, oh, there's the fire and thunder gods on the mountain. He's home. And mm-hmm. Moses is like, I want to see this god face to face. <laughs> you know, everybody's like, I don't think I'd go up there. He's like, no, I'm going to do it. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Amazing. Mm-hmm. And that's how yeah. he was for a lot of the beginning of the movie, right? As mm-hmm. would be right for Prince of Egypt. He's not even letting the things that uh, Ramsey says bother him. He just mm. kind of lets him roll off. He's very self-assured, very confident. Mm. Yeah. And there's no reason not to be. Right, right. And also kind of like, but this is, but it's not my job to be him either. Because when Pharaoh, the old Pharaoh talks about, well, I, I'm it's still up in the air. Who's going to run Egypt after me? And he's like, oh, well, I'm not the son of your body. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. Ramsey's job. <laughs> he, he does. He's not going to turn it down. But yeah, that's right. You know. But look at these statues I'm making. Yeah. They're huge, and your name's right on them. Yep. I am building yep. you one amazing city <laughs> with happier yep. slaves. Yep. We win all round. <laughs> oh, I love it. So, yeah. yeah. So, Cecil B. DeMille, for heaven's sakes. That's, that's pretty great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, this was his crowning achievement, I believe. Um, yeah, and it really is it. good. I mean, it really held up to me. You know, when I when I watch it, I, I was I thought it was really really good. Um, I agree. Yeah, and also we watched the Blu-ray, which the color has been restored or mm. everything's been restored as of 2010. It was amazing. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. Um, halfway through, Tom sat down and was watching part of it, and he said where did this come from? He goes, I remember seeing this on TV and it never looked like this. You know, it was faded and not looking great. And this was just, it popped like it had been made yesterday. It really oh, looks cool. good. That's great. And there's all the scenes that they included, which I loved um, because like the Exodus, when they're actually getting everything together and rounding everyone up and moving them out. And I'm sure that's one of the parts that's been cut down when they would show it on TV. Cause you know, you get a sense of the thing. Now let's move on. Cause there's, what do you think? Ten minutes of rounding up the grandfathers mm, and yeah, the, yeah. the geese and the, you know the kids, showing the, watching kids herd geese. Yeah, yep. showing like the three or four year old kid with his little stick herding the geese <laughs> that are running under the donkey's feet, the donkey that won't stand up, and yeah, the, yeah. all these things. And I'm like, I really loved that so much because it gave a sense of reality to it. Mm, right. You know, mm-hmm. here's this old guy who can't even walk. How are we going to get him? You know. Yeah, yeah. So, and then um, an interesting touch was you know Joseph's remains. They showed a couple times. Not, uh, yeah. The the amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Uh huh. You know they they, they had him in a coffin. Did you see that? And they were no. they would sing while they were walking about the oh, guy with the mini colored coat. I did not coat. pick up on what that was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right. Oh, interesting. So they were taking him along with them. Right. I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd have to look what's said about that. Maybe I've just been buried in Egypt. That's where they were, and they didn't, you know. Right. Although Abraham had his spot, mm-hmm. you know, right. long ago. Yeah. Eh, I didn't catch that at all. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah, they showed it a couple times on the trek, you know, once leaving the city and then once uh, near the Red Sea, I believe. Okay. I think I just didn't know what it was. Yeah, and they just kept singing the same song forever. <laughs> oh. Yeah, well, I knew they were singing a song. See, I was paying mm-hmm. attention to the song, oh. not why they were singing it. I okay. just felt like this is our Egyptian God's God's on our side or we're we're moving out kind of a song. Mm-hmm. And so I was trying to catch the words. 
I didn't think to turn captions on going, oh, I wonder if this is another very traditional song, much like, um, because they, I know they also sing songs during the Passover. Mm, yeah. Um, like the, the Passover questioning. So I didn't, it didn't occur to me to wonder what they were hauling around while they were singing. <laughs> it's <laughs> nice. the complete package in this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> cool. Okay. Yeah. I, I, the only, this is just a last little thing. Yul mm-hmm. Brenner. Ah. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> this is the part he was born to play. Oh, man. Yeah. I was watching him, and every so often he'd kind of have his hands on his hips and he'd swivel and put one foot down forcefully. And I'm like, ah, this and the king and I, because I recognize some of those, you know, moves that he was making. So I was looking right before this is when he made the king and I. Hmm. Nice. So he was on a roll with he all was on that a roll kind with of the, with the yeah. hands on the hip stomping the Middle Eastern yeah. um, older style patriarchal king kind That's of thing right. uh, forceful um, yeah yeah so I'm looking here so he did the King and I and then he did the Ten Commandments and then he got to wear clothes again and Anastasia <laughs> which I haven't seen for so long I really should rewatch yeah that. and then uh, the brothers Karamazov he did after that how mm-hmm. cool. Well, wow. you know, with those looks and that accent, yeah, you would grab them if you could, I think, for, for sure. that. The Magnificent Seven, which we've talked about a few years <sighs> after that. Yes. Yeah. That's His cool. His finest hour, in my opinion. <laughs> That's right. And then Westworld, oh, uh, yeah. 1973. Mm-hmm. Yep. And all kinds of other things. I still remember sure. fondly The Buccaneer, where he plays Jean Lafitte. And I came across it on Saturday afternoon TV, and I only recognized him because of his accent, because he had hair. Ah. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I didn't know Yul Brenner came with hair. <laughs> and so it's, you know, it's just a fun movie. It's him helping Andrew Jackson fight off the British in the War of 1812, while at the same time being in love with the governor's daughter. So, oh, you know. Cool. It's one of those kind of movies, which this makes me want to watch it again. Uh-huh. It's probably not great, but I can't help it. <laughs> and I could never remember the name. So. I love it. Yeah. Well, neat. Yep. That is great. Yeah. Lots of Yul Brenner to check out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but you're right. He was great. He really was. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because even during the moments, he did have moments where he wasn't having to be well, swashbuckling's not the right term, but, you know, lordly. And those are the moments when he was saying, you know, I already know to Nefertiri that, you know, when I marry you, you're going to be thinking about Moses. Hmm. Yes, I will, she says. I'm <laughs> like, oh, this is really unhealthy. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, what could go wrong here? Hmm. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, it's those things where they're allowing him to say, there's more to me than just... I want the power. I'm jealous of this guy. I have mm. other things I'd like. And he says to Moses, right? You took, you got between me and my father. You got between me and my country. You got between me and my wife. Basically, you screwed everything up I ever wanted. Mm. Just by being here and being you. Right, right. And now my son's dead. Hmm. So. And that, that was powerful, too, to have him put his son in the hands of that his mm-hmm. god uh you know a statue of his god mm-hmm. and to have him wait it was like three days or something i think mm-hmm. praying um, yeah just praying you know because she said you've been here for three days or something like that you know are you done yet <laughs> go do something about it yeah and he says because he's saying to god i never believed in you but i believe in you now mm. 
Yeah. You can do this. Yeah. You know, and mm-hmm. then he comes back, of course, after the Red Sea situation, and she's still the worst. Huh. Uh, <laughs> but a bad marriage isn't going to be fixed in this situation. <laughs> and, you know, and he's like, his God is truly God. You know, it's like nothing yeah. I did could help this. That was that was a good sentence. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you kill him? There's his blood on that sword. And he sees. Yeah. And he just throws God it down. His God is God. No. It's like. If anyone was asking for a tight slap right then, <laughs> it was an effort, Terry. You shouldn't have done something. Tight slap. Oh. oh Many tight it. slaps needed to be administered during this movie. I was waiting for them, oh. and they just didn't happen. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, too good. Oh, goodness. <laughs> oh, wow. All right. Well, is there anything else you'd like to say about... The Ten Commandments. Not me. What about you? No, I'm good. I'm I so glad you picked it. it. Oh, I'm glad too. I'm glad you liked it. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. three and a half hours long, for those who don't know that, or so. Mm-hmm. We yeah. spread it over two nights. We There's did an too. intermission, so you yeah. know. Yeah, did the same. Yeah, so good. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, good, good, good. Well, next up, we're going to continue our space trilogy uh, by C.S. Lewis. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so Paralandra, Volume 2, is what we'll talk about next time. I forgot about that. Oh, very exciting. (laughs) So cool. Good. Yeah. Yeah, and they get progressively thicker, I see. Yeah. I didn't notice that, but I, yeah, yeah, none of them are too big. No, no, none none of them are too big, but yeah. Gathering steam. Right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So if he had written a fourth book, it would have been, you know, really big. And we're talking Lord of the Rings style. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Yes. And we'll enjoy the Ten Commandments if you haven't oh. already. Yeah, it's it's actually perfect Lenten viewing. Well, mm. anytime, but since this is Lent, yeah, it works well. Excellent for reflection. <laughs> All right. Well, have a good one, everybody. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Talk to you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Thank you.